The Magazine Gap Geek Gab number 44, March 20th, 2006. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. But of course, you knew that because you heard the intro. Hi, John. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, Dave. I like that one even better. <laughs> but now we're a different show. We're like the Mac Meat. Yeah, we're well, you know. He, he kind of stumbled there, but he's, hey, only he's doing four. good for That's right. Yeah, so <laughs> that was fantastic. I'm Dave Hamilton. Of course, I'm here with John Braun, the lovely, illustrious John Braun. Maybe we can find oh, different adjectives for you. Love, yeah. That... Those weren't good. No. <laughs> they, they weren't accurate, nor were they good. Ah. Oh. Uh, you know, I like Don't having worry. a little song though at the beginning of the show. It, it gives me time to collect my uh, my thoughts. And, yeah, and how are your thoughts? Oh, you don't want to know them. I had to collect them and I threw them away. So today is uh, the twentieth of March, and as we promised, it is Isn't a show it? of reader. I, you know, I don't do that intentionally. It's a show of listener feedback, and we're going to jump mm. right in. So here we go with Mike. Hey, Dave and John, you guys have a great show, and uh, I wonder if you could help me with uh, uh, playing your podcast on iTunes. Uh, I, quite often I listen to your show on the iPod, but most times of late I've been working on the house, um, and I tend to listen to iTunes through Airport Express. The problem uh, podcast throughout the day as I'm I'm not sure why that stopped. We're going to rewind. love to listen to more than one uh, podcast throughout the day as I'm working, but I cannot get podcasts to play on to the next one. If I start with one, it ends. I then have to go to the laptop in the other end of the house and then select the next podcast. I'd like to play them continuously, and I wonder if you could help me out with that. Uh, maybe in one of your podcasts, you could uh, uh, give us a way to do that. Uh, my name's Mike, and I certainly would love to uh, hear an answer. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, I know the answer. Do you know the answer, John? I think so. Well, the way I would do it is create a playlist. Just because they're podcasts doesn't mean that they're relegated to only that portion of iTunes. You can create a playlist, either a smart playlist or a regular playlist, and drag podcasts in. Playlists will play normally, i.e. one right after the other. You can organize them the way you want. You could even organize by episode number because we happily insert the episode number as our track number in the ID3 tags, and that will do it. And of course, it'll work with any podcast, not just the Geek Gab. But that's uh, that's one way of doing it. That's the way I do it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah, there you go. Honestly, wow. because the thing I've noticed is on the iPod, when you have a podcast category, Yep, and... I do not agree with the way they interpret how that works. Yeah, is that pod- podcast, things, right. It's not a genre, but hey, They do whatever. not go sequentially, and I think there should be an option to let you go from one to the other. Yep, I agree. But they don't. So to me, that's very unexpected, and I think uh, that's what our listener was hinting at, is that it's, it's, it doesn't do what you expect. So it does not. So that'd be nice to have an option yeah, on the it, iPod or uh, iTunes to, to let you decide how that should happen. But yeah, yeah playlists. It, it's really handy with podcasts like uh, like the one that Apple Matters does, the This Day in Apple History. If you haven't heard it, check it out. It's uh, at applematters.com slash this day. Of course, we'll put a link in the show notes. 
uh, they they do this great podcast. It comes out every day. They've been doing it since January 1st. And it's a short little show where they talk about what happened that day in the history of Apple and, and the Mac. Very, very interesting show. There's always some good little tidbits. and uh, But it's only a couple of minutes long. So if you're in the car for a ride, you don't want to have to be futzing with your iPod the whole time because that's more dangerous than talking on a cell phone. So you queue them up and off you go. That's my that's my story anyway, and I'm sticking to it. But Heath has a question, sort of related, so we'll just go right to that. Hello, this is Heath again. Um, and uh, you, your comments, you uh, say you're out in left field. That's great. I'm comfortable with left field. I used to play left field. Hey, John, you've got a fan. Excellent. <laughs> All right, on to his question. Um, uh, but uh, I just discovered your show and uh, subscribe to it, and I'm listening to about the second or third episode. Uh, got it sitting on a top of a rack case, playing out of a G4 PowerBook, but I'm micro-broadcasting it. Tell me if it's all right to micro-broadcast it, because um, I'm listening to it downstairs. Um, and uh, uh, this is great, you know. I'm going to look forward to your shows. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any problem with him micro-broadcasting it like that. Do you, John? Uh, we got the satellite oh, checking it out. <laughs> we almost got you, man. No, of course not. I mean, yeah. know, as long as the, the message is, you know, totally uh, yeah. unaltered and uh, that's right. It's the original spirit and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, we do. We do provide this, you know, it's freely downloadable. So feel free to uh, broadcast it to your neighbors to put a big speaker. In fact, you know. Get uh, get some nice speakers and put it on your on the on your roof and broadcast it out. No, you know normally I wouldn't do this, but I I am going to use that as a perfect segue because it seems like we're just segueing here, and uh, I'm going to segue. If you wanted to do such a thing, what would you do them with? What would you do them with? <laughs> uh, and I am going to segue into uh, the, the sponsor for this show, which of course is AudioEngineUSA.com, the makers of the Audio Engine A5 speakers. And I don't know that these would be appropriate to put on the roof of your house, Heath, but they certainly would be appropriate to plug into your iMac or your iPod, wherever you have it in the house. They've got they're, they're, they're two separate speakers, so you've got uh, great stereo separation if you want, or you can put them together and, and not get great stereo separation, but still great sound. They've got two drivers in each speaker. They sound great. You can plug them into your iPod. It's got a little USB port on the top for charging your iPod. It's also got a power port on the back where you can plug in uh, anything you like, really, but it's perfectly suited for an Airport Express. So you can plug the speakers in once, plug the Airport Express into the back, cable it up, good to go. AudioEngineUSA.com, $349, and they'll tell you when they're going to ship right there on the website. So they are our sponsor for the show, and we'd like to thank them. Excellent. And with that, moving right along... We have a question from... Slow down, man. Am I going too fast? This is a good thing. This keeps things moving. (laughs) Hey, you know, we got to keep it going here. All right. We'll let Michael take away. Hello, this is Michael from Amarillo, Texas. I'm calling in response to the person who's having a problem removing a program that says that it is running. I'm a longtime Unix user and have recently switched to a Mac in the last uh, six months. Love your podcast, but anyways, this is how you remove it. Open up the text window, 
or the terminal window and go into um, the applications directory. That is CD space forward slash capital A applications. And if you type in LS right there to list all the files, you'll see that all applications end with .app. All applications are directories. And John, you are sort of right. RM-F removes a file forcibly, but will not remove a directory. To remove a directory, you have to type in RM-RF. That's recursively, forcibly remove a file or a directory. So to remove a file for, like, say, instance, we wanted to move, uh, for some odd reasons, iTunes.app, you would type in rm space dash rf space uh, itunes.app and press enter. This will remove iTunes. Just be real careful because you can erase everything on your computer if you type in the wrong thing. Anyways, cheers. See you next time. Thanks, Michael. That's uh, them's good advice. And uh, yes, I concur. I think I may have subconsciously not said that because of the havoc you can wreak by yeah. doing a recursive destroy everything. Yeah, but he, but he's right. For deleting an application, <laughs> yes. you'd, you'd have to do that. Uh, that and I hadn't thought hmm. about that when we were talking about it during the show. Yeah. And actually, a handy thing, yeah, in the Finder, which a lot of people... Um, um, Show package contents is something uh, kind of interesting if you haven't tried that. That's right. Yep. Uh, lately, and I think that effectively shows you the same thing. It shows you what's inside of a what looks like a nice single file. Actually, points to a bunch of nastiness underneath, which is nice the way it hides that from you. But it, it is if nice, you want to yeah. get to it, you can. But yes, it does introduce complexity into the remove. So that was a, a good tip. Yeah. Moving right along, right? We, are we moving right along? I think we are. See, I don't know. I had the uh, I had an MRI today. Did I tell you that, John? I had my head examined. <sighs> ah, yeah. Okay. Well, this, this facial nerve from the Bell's palsy is still acting mm. up occasionally, so the doctors mm. wanted to get a look at it, and they weren't very nice to me. You know, they stuck my head in this tube and they kept yelling at me, "You're moving around. You're moving around." It's like, no, you know, I'm not moving around. Of course, it was on this truck. It was like a remote MRI thing connected to the hospital, yeah. which, which you know, we get here Can in the they, sticks, John. Right? Didn't they give you something? They could have, but it's like 20 Knock minutes of a thing. Well, yeah, but then what am I? Then, then my afternoon shot, right? Then I couldn't do the podcast. Well, yeah. I, I guess I could. I'd be a little loopy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but th- it's in like this truck. It's like a, a tour bus connected to the hospital with an MRI unit in the it. The MRI tour. It is. It's like the you know, <laughs> world tour. Next stop, Madison Remove Square Garden. Metal. The MRI Remove all metal objects. That's right. Yes. <laughs> the MRI to tour. Remove all metal objects now. They're so. scary, man. I've seen photos of what happens when somebody leaves something in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, we'll you know, link, it was, we'll it was like, like windy and the bus is moving around and I can feel the thing shaking and I'm trying to be still. But, you know, when the when the the floor is moving, it's like, you know, you can't really be still. <laughs> yeah. and they were getting mad at me. They even turned they turned off the music, I think, to punish me. They gave me music for like the first five minutes and then they turned it off and that was it. They wouldn't let me listen to music for the remainder. So I had to uh. just sit there. Teach you a lesson. Yeah, I was yeah. like, look, look, what's going on here? No tip. I gave him no tip, none whatsoever. Nah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. oh, I haven't had any invasive uh, medical procedures, so well, I guess we should just move on. This wasn't really no, it's invasive, not, but you know. Yeah, but you gotta. I, I can feel it, though. I can feel the magnets. Anyway.
I'm saying it's kind of, you know, a different type of... Yeah, it's sort of invasive. I mean, you're lucky you didn't have any implants. <laughs> well, they ask you that when you're, when you're walking in there, you know, they, they ask you. You could have forgotten because you told me that story. I don't... Oh, yeah, I don't think I forgot, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell them I had some fillings. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. So. All right. Hi, John and Dave. This Hi. is Max calling in with a question about my iMac G5. Thank I goodness. bought the machine last January for about $2,100. It was Ooh. the first build of the machine before it had the eyesight or anything like that. And it, it's a 1.8 gigahertz machine with a gigabyte of RAM. And something that I've definitely noticed is that when it comes to iMovie render times or iDVD render times or mixing down a garage band or any of that really intensive stuff like that, iPhoto, whatever, it runs much faster than, you know, a G4 um, or any other Mac, which I would expect it to. But the, the thing that surprises me is when it comes to the, the standard OS X applications like Mail or iChat, um, Address. Did he say iChat? Oh my goodness, we have it. iChat with tabs. Did you know this, John? I'm sorry to interrupt here. I'm just very <laughs> excited. The, uh, the guy that makes checks, the, the iChat add-on free software that's like a yeah. blessing from the heavens, the, the, yes. the latest beta version, which came out this weekend, and, and thank you to everyone who wrote me and told me about this, uh, uh-huh. it has tab support exactly like you'd want it to. Like it, the, it, the nectar of the gods. It's like the nectar. I call, yes, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Well, back to, uh, to Max's question. Everybody remembers where we were, right? Well, if you don't, you can rewind and then oh. just, you know, enjoy the, uh, the interlude with iChat with tabs. You put an echo in there. I did. You can't hear it for some reason. I don't know why it doesn't go across to Skype, but uh, trust me, there's plenty of echo there. You can listen back. Mm-hmm. Book, iCal, Safari, all that, that basic core stuff, iTunes even. That that stuff is running just as fast on the the one gigahertz G fours, which cost five hundred dollars, you know, a mini or a, a little iBook or whatever. That it's running just as fast on those units as it is on you know my big strong G five. So I guess I'm just wondering if there's an explanation for this. If those um if those applications can only run so fast, so to speak, or if there's you know maybe something wrong with my machine. I have done. In all honesty, the machine's pretty much been rebuilt about twice now. It's had two new logic boards and um, OS X reinstalled several times with repair permissions and all that stuff. So I don't quite know what it could be, but if you guys know the answer to that or could just have an explanation, that would be great. Um, Good job on the show and hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, Max. Uh, You want to take a stab at this one, John? Um, what's your what's your gut say? I'm going to make an observation. Now, now the two machines he mentioned were a uh, iMac G5 and an older G4. Correct. Um, hmm. Hmm. Boy. You know, right. I was going to think about the graphic hardware. Uh, uh, yeah. I was just thinking, but I was thinking more portables, but he doesn't, he, he's not talking portables. Not necessarily. Uh, but the perception of one over the other, I mean, I'm just trying to figure the difference between them. If, if there's, what would be kicking around there just running i don't know give me your thoughts i, I mean i'm well there, i've got two thoughts i've got two thoughts here back. yeah <laughs> i got i got two th- <laughs> my first thought there's so many things yeah my first thought is that those apps the, the one the first ones that he talked about you know rendering an iMovie, a garage band iPhoto, all that stuff those apps will tax 
100% of the processor. If you look at the, the CPU utilization, it's sitting at 100% when those things are doing their renders. So it stands to reason that if you've got a processor that's faster or better or whatever, that processor at 100% is more capable than, you know, a, a slower G4 at 100%, right? Stands to reason. Now, if you sit and look at your machine when you're running, you know, iChat and, and iCal and those various apps, your processor is probably not hitting the 100% mark. So you're just seeing the speed of those apps. There, there's more that more than just the processor that goes into running any given application, right? You've got to get data to and from RAM. And so that's the speed, not just of the processor, but of the bus, right? And the speed of the RAM. You've got your hard drive involved where if you're, uh, you know, and, and I mean, this is all minor stuff, but if you're saving logs out to the hard drive or whatever, that's got to, that's going to take some time. Of course, your internet connection, if you're talking about Safari is only as fast as your pipe is. And of course, typing the thing's not going to make and, you type any faster, right? And I'm inspired by what you're saying, but Are you? go on, brother. Well, that that's so that's that's part A is that you you may just be seeing there may you may not be waiting for the processor on your G4 either. So that's that's part A. Now part B <clears throat> is that neither machine is a dual processor machine. I noticed a huge difference in all that stuff, the ancillary stuff, right? The, the iChat, the Safari, all that stuff, way faster on a dual processor. Going from a you know 1.67 gigahertz G4 to a dual 1.4, the dual 1.4 feels way faster. Now, of course, OS X takes full advantage of, of both processors, but it's not just that it has twice the CPU power. It's that it can actually do two things at the same time. Whereas your G5 can only perform one instruction at, at a time. And I, that, I realize that's an oversimplification and risk chips have, you know, all this other stuff going on, et cetera, et cetera, that, uh, that I'm sure someone is far. There, there are many of you that are far more knowledgeable than me about that. However, having the ability to have two processors running and doing two things at the same time makes a lot of that moving between apps, redrawing on the screen, handing off to the graphics chip, all that stuff, a lot snappier. So I, I think that, that that's part of kind of you put those two things together. Okay. And uh, that's my gut on right. that anyway. I got some add-ons to that. So one would be, um, I was kind of going this in the uh, direction of this before with graphic cards, but um, mm -hmm. I believe it's in Tiger that you have, um, the, as the OS has matured, it's offset um, more of the graphics work to the duh, graphics chip. Whereas a lot of times in the past, a lot of the, the CPU would be doing that. So I think, and, and I think things got a little snappier in Tiger. Say that again. I think they offloaded, yeah. I think they offloaded a lot of Quartz um, uh, functionality off on the uh, uh, GPU versus CPU. In, in what operating system was that, John? Tiger. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> what was that? Well, we have to have sound effects for any time you, uh, you say that word. So there you go. Yeah. So one of my thoughts is, in general, the graphics hardware between the machines, or if you have a big screen, or if you're doing dual screen or stuff like that, things could uh, could really change. Because a lot of times, uh, especially on the notebooks, I don't think they have, um, uh, you know, the most powerful GPU. Or yeah. on the desktop, like the, uh, the you know. Um, the other thing I want to mention was menu meters really helps. And I think a lot of times, you know, I unconsciously or subconsciously will see, you know, if something seems slow, I'll look. You know, if I see 100% on menu meters, I'm like, hmm, okay, what right. is going on? Who that's is right. doing that? That's right. Because that's unusual. Right now on both my machines, I'm running, you know, 22% on the dual 
and 18% on the uh, single processor. And then, yeah, have, having the disk lights uh, is helpful, too, because a lot of times, especially if it's swapping in or out, yep. uh, if you see that happening, you know why things have all of a sudden ground to a halt. It's either reading or writing uh, from the disk. So kind of to follow on to, to what you said, there's all these facets of uh, yep, that's how it. things interact. That's it. And especially swap files. I've noticed as of late, I've been doing some uh, pretty intense stuff in my portable. I have four swap files, which is... Uh, Too many. Of average, yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I've got two gigs of RAM in that MacBook Pro of mine. Yeah. And it still creates, you know, I'll get up to three gigs worth of swap files huh. in a day. It stinks. And that's What's up the, with that, yo? Yeah, it's just the way it goes. What's uh, next? I'm going to talk about, we got, we got some email through here. One was from last week from Don. And Don says, uh, on MacGeekGab number 43, you talked about Apple's broadband tuner. I wanted to mention, mention a similar but not quite identical tool called Broadband Optimizer. It's a one-step install and run utility, like most good macOS X apps, with an easy uninstall which reverts your system back to the pre-install settings. Whereas Apple's broadband tuner is made for high-latency networks, I found Broadband Optimizer much better for extremely low-latency network of my LAN. And then he goes on to explain... Prior to installing Broadband Optimizer, I would get at best 1.5 megabits per second transferring files over my 100 megabit per second LAN between a Windows 2000 PC and my dual G4 Mac. After Broadband Optimizer, I get 8.5 to 9 megabits a second. Megabytes a second, sorry. Connectivity to the outside world seems unaffected. So I looked into this, John, because it didn't make sense to me that 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 this would happen. And what this broadband optimizer does, we'll put a link in the in the show notes. Is it basically does the same thing as uh, Apple's broadband tuner? It increases the 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 receive and send buffers uh, mm-hmm. both for TCP and UDP, like we talked about last week. And we're not going to go into that again. But it also does one other thing. It sets uh, a, a kernel parameter called net inet TCP delayed ACK to zero. Now, the default on Tiger is, oh, wait a minute. Did I say Tiger? Oh, we don't have it up again. Uh, the def- there you go. The default, <laughs> the default on Tiger is three. Now, what delayed ACK means is that the machine will actually sit on the acknowledgments that we talked about, where the, that, that back and forth, and it'll sit on them until it has a couple and then, and then send them all at once. And that sort of... It, it makes it better, actually, for low latency networks for, you know, for your local stuff, rather, because it, you're not filling the network up with all this back and forth chatter. If you're sending files, you just send your axe along occasionally and, and everybody knows that everything's OK. However, Windows and this is going to come as a great shock to most of you. Windows doesn't do it right. So. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't do delayed act properly, so it doesn't know that this is going to happen, and it sits and waits incorrectly instead of just continuing to send. Then finally the Mac gets around to sending the acts like it's supposed to per all the TCP RFCs, and Windows then says, oh, hey, look, they, they finally answered. Go send more, and then it sends and waits. Well, by turning off delayed acts, you create a ton of extra network chatter, but you give Windows what it's looking for, and of course, by doing so, increase the, the effective speed of the transfer. So, A, this will only help you if you're doing Windows or Samba, you know, SMB transfers. And it matters with Linux machines and all that good stuff, too, if you're running a Samba server on one of those. Uh, however, if, if you're on a network of, you know, three or four machines, if you're in your house or small office, it's not going to make a difference. Feel free to do this. It shouldn't matter at all. However, if you're on a corporate network and there are lots and lots of machines 
doing this will increase the chatter on the network. And if you're running, if the, if the entire network is running, you know, at or near capacity, this can really impact other people's access as well. And the problem should be solved on the windows machine. It, it, I think there's a file out there in the uh, SMB conf where you need to say, turn large read, write off or something like that. I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. So that's the answer. there. It's pretty geeky, huh? Yeah. (laughs) That pegged my geek meter, man. Yeah, well, hopefully we didn't lose too many people over that, but uh, it was. <laughs> they're catching up. They're Hold catching on. up. That's let's, right. Let's give them a minute to catch. Let's give them a minute. We need. We need some music. I, I, you know, I gotta. There's some things we're doing here. I gotta write some little songs and, and put them into the show. So. <laughs> now that I got the studio here, I, sound no, effects. Will you introduce those? Much to my surprise. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even plan on doing that, that you just said tiger. And I thought, Oh, you know, I have that growl. My son did that growl like a year ago and I knew I had it in iTunes here. So, um, moving on, but I've got the studio set up. So expect to see some little tunes and stuff. Uh, moving right along. Let's see. What else we got right along. You know, I wanted to talk about this survey that we're doing. Tons of you have answered it. I would, I would appreciate it. We would appreciate it. If even more of you answered it, um, we're trying to get a great, picture of what the average mac geek gab listener is uh and and of course like like we've said before this is primarily targeted towards advertisers but it also lets us know john and i know kind of how you're listening to the show and and gives us some idea of of what we need to do going forward who you people are and and that kind of helps us decide you know what topics to pick and that sort of thing so please go this the link is in the show notes answer the survey respond and if you if you choose to provide us with your email address, you'll have the opportunity to win an iPod Nano. The survey runs through the end of March, so uh, but don't but don't think that that means that you can wait till the end of March because it's important that you answer it. So just you know go now. do it now, real quick. Yep. Now, right now, now. and you Pause. can do you can answer once for answer it and then come back. Yep, you can answer once for each podcast that we have uh, in the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. So. Uh, there's, you know, many opportunities to win an iPod out there. Please go do this. Uh, we would appreciate it. Are we moving along, John? Right along. Right along. What else we got? Uh, Sam Arnold. Sam? I think so. Hey guys, uh, this is Sam Arnold and I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, great podcast. Definitely my number one favorite. Excellent. I'm a college student. Oh, I've been using my iBook G4 for the past semester to take notes on, um, but I really need something that I can keep track of my um, really hectic schedule. Um, I've been trying to use my iPod, but it's obviously not very easy to get step onto it quickly. Um, I've been looking at some Palm options um, with perhaps a cell phone built in, but they're all a little thick and clunky for me. I was wondering if you guys have any suggestions that you think would be cool for a college student. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I love your podcast. Keep it up. Thanks, Sam. Well, <laughs> you, you know me. I love my Trio 650. Um, yeah, I was going to say you got you got the. Uh, yeah, it is a little bulky. It, it, solution. Yeah, it's it's a little bulky, but you know, I I can still fit it in the front pocket of every pair of pants that I wear. Um, it's it's just mm. not a big deal. I I don't like the belt hook thing, but I, I throw this thing in a front even in the front pocket of jeans, and it's not uncomfortable. So uh, you are going to need to trade size for uh, for functionality here. But, you know, 
You can you could also look at something like a Motorola Razor, right? I mean, those have a little calendar built into them, and that might be enough too. Uh, it depends yeah. on you know. Now I'm the king of bulky, you know. <laughs> yes, that's right. You With you the, carried around a uh, a military like a <laughs> World War II field. surplus field phone for a while, I think, <laughs> in lieu of a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably was one of the last of the uh, TMO crowd to actually get a digital cell phone versus the analog. Yeah, field phone. Yeah, but the, the, you know the audio quality was great. The I know. only problem was the battery life. Right. Um, but anyways, to reflect on this, yes, I, I would I would concur that the iPod stinks as an organizer. A viewer, okay, cool. But but for setting things up, no. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, Tungsten uh, T2 Palm. It's kind of old. It has Bluetooth. Uh, when I busted my other one, that was... Uh, and it syncs with iSync, so you know that's one thing that I value. And I also have the uh, the uh, V710 phone, and I, I don't know the the thing I have with phones is just you know how do you get the data into it? And if you're good at texting on a keypad, then that may be right. an option. Right. I can't tolerate that personally. I, I can do graffiti fa- much faster than I could try to tap it in on a on a phone. Now you have the benefit with your with the Trio that you have a keyboard like thing, and I think you're probably you know like people on the uh, crack bear, uh, BlackBerry that's right. you know, or. Uh, uh, pretty zippy after a while. Yeah, I've, but, I've gotten. Uh, but a fine. cell phone or an iPod, I don't think it just has. It's not a good enough uh, input UI. Have I can't even respond okay? to. I can't even respond to email while I'm driving. You know. Yeah, that's probably not a great. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. I, I don't <laughs> like people like you near me. <laughs> well, it's it's not when you're talking on the a vehicle. Phone. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. So one hand has to do that, right? That's right. One hand. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, the other that, one. That's the problem I have. You know, what? both hands. No, you got you got your knees to drive the car, man. You can do that. Yeah, right? and if somebody else is in the car with you, they could help out. That's right. <laughs> you know, co- a college. That never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's talk about this. This is actually an email that came in a long, long time ago. Uh, but it, it's relevant. Anytime either one of us travels, we start lamenting about how we have to find the local SMTP server or use Gmail server for outbound mail or whatever. And Chris wrote in quite a while ago. Uh, he says, why do you have to use a local SMTP mail server? Surely, if you have a connection to the outside world, can you not connect to your usual mail server you use at home? And uh, you want to answer that question for him, John? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to ask him to stop calling me Shirley. Nice. Excellent. I was hoping that was coming. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I would say off the top of my head, because the, the one you normally use is going to tell you to get lost when you it, got it sees what you're trying to do, because it realizes you're not local, that you're coming from afar saying, hey, do this to, right. to domains that you may not trust. And it says, no. So that's um, it. That's yeah. uh, pretty much my reflection in uh, in somewhat plain English. You, know, yeah. you try it and it says, nope. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I will. I mean, some are, are less restrictive. Most of them, and, and I think it's a good thing, and it's probably the thing that leads to us eventually having better uh, you know, email security and, and uh, protection from spam, is email servers that just let anybody connect and say, send this and say it's from here. And That's Seriously, it. but the people are dealing with ways to, to get around that. Yeah, no, that that's it. Uh, that's, you know, you can certainly try to use your local SMTP server, your home SMTP server, but chances are if your provider has 
has not been added to every blacklist in the world, they uh, they won't they won't be letting you send mail through them from anywhere other than on their local network, i.e. from your home machine. So you do need to find either the SMTP server that's local to wherever you are or some third party server like AOL or uh, Gmail or, or any of the ones that actually offer outbound mail through their through their services. And there's more and more of them, especially as as folks are uh, allowing IMAP mail. I think AOL allows you free IMAP mail along with uh, well, Gmail is an IMAP, but they've got a pop or it's SMTP server on the outbound. So, yeah, and actually um, pop. Yeah, can be used to send as well. Yeah, but it's not very highly supported. Nobody though. really, but but the the benefit is that I think they had a thing called APOP, authenticated POP, which yes. is yes. Hi, it's me, which eliminates the problem of having to worry right. about someone. So the I think the good trend eventually we'll see this someday is some way that the the mail server knows it's you and it's not some random spammer. That's right. That's right. We're and gonna get to that. But speaking of spam. We're going to talk about the spam of the week. And uh, and it, it, this really needs a theme song. This will be the first one that's written, I'm sure. Uh, I've already got, got nothing. I've already got an idea You're for it. You're on top of it this week. I am on top of it this week. So uh, this is this is where John and I talk about any spam that either caught our attention as something new and unique or actually tricked us into reading it because the, the subject was so good. This one, the subject was so good, I, I knew it was spam, but I just had to check it out anyway, because it was, it was some, you know, stock thing, one of these pump and dump scams where they want you to buy a stock so that they can sell all the shares they've already bought and, you know, make some money off of us poor suckers. Uh, but it was the subject of the message that got me, and the subject was reproductive broccoli. And I just think that's a great, great thing. So I think that'd be a, make a great band name. So there you go. That's spam of the week. Mm. Yeah, it's not, not bad. bad. No, it's not bad. Um, oh, so so we, we've got this Frapper map out there that many of you have found. And, that scared me, man. I saw people's pictures. Yeah, a lot of you have added pictures to it. I even added my picture to it, you know. Um, it's my geeky just, you know, photo that I use anytime I speak somewhere. You know, they, they well, by a, default, the headshot. your photo is geeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, but, but it is cool. A cool thing. Go ahead out and, and join it and check it out and see where, where all of you other listeners are from, but it's uh it's a cool thing. So go check it out. It's a lot of fun. And I think, I think we can, uh, we can start wrapping this thing up here. Don't you think, John? I think it's time. I like these tight little shows that we do every now and then here. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm. I think it's good. No. We got the band going, right? It's not a bad thing. Wasn't too cold out. Oh, speak for yourself. It Good is thing it was, brutal well, out there. I tell you. Well, windy. cold and windy, but oh. we're not buried. Like, who got buried? Colorado got buried. Yeah, but they're in Colorado. They a foot. Get buried. A foot, though. Well, yeah, that's probably not unusual. No. And then it'll be like 60 the next day, and then avalanches oh, happen. today is the uh, equinox, it, I It was believe. at one twenty six p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Art. Time today. That's right. This is the equinox show. That's right. Welcome show. to spring. Welcome to spring. That's right. You know, I, I was going to go do the egg balancing thing at, this afternoon <laughs> because I, I my MRI oh, appointment the, was Oh, uh, because the, the was thing setback. happens, yeah. Yeah, because on the equinox, you're supposed to be able to balance an egg on end. I that sort of thing. <clears throat> well, I did some reading about it online to see, you know, what I was supposed to do. And, and as it turns out, there's no uh, there's no trick to it. You can pretty much do it any day of the year if you got the right egg. 
So it's a bunch of bull biscuits. Is that? It's horse hockey. <laughs> where? Quick, where did that come Link from? To mash. There you go. <laughs> to mash. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Potter. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? I want, next week, I want to talk about um, some of these 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 uh, quick tip article, articles we've been running at TMO. They're a very cool thing. Yeah. Check them out. We'll talk about some of them next week. But uh, And I think next week, I'm, we're going to talk about uh, more in-depth in Intel thoughts. I've been using this MacBook Pro for a while. And next week's podcast is actually going to be done on the MacBook Pro. I'm in Austin next week. Nice. Yeah, well, let's let's hope. Ooh. So, yeah, we got to figure out the schedule, John. we got to talk Uh-oh. about it. Yeah, because actually, I think. Are you traveling I'm in, too? I'm in Boston next week. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. <laughs> when are you going? Uh, Monday night. Okay, well, let's do the show Sunday. I'm flying into Austin Sunday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, but still, I got to record it with Skype on the MacBook Pro, and that's going to be uh, nice. Nice. Interesting. Well, and my coworker who yeah. sits across from me, he's getting a MacBook Pro. He's a uh, well, not really any type of guy, but he's, he wants to try it out for the Unix and stuff. Cool. And I'm getting a Inspiron 9400 Dell. Yeah. I, I, I feel your pain. No, it, it, it no, looks not. like it has potential. It they're has the same machines. processor. Yeah. Yeah, that's Cordua. right. Yeah, it they're does. starting off for that now in the yeah. Dells. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, All right. Uh, 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 so Gmail. We've got Gmail oh. invites. Uh, Newsvine, I, uh, I think we're pretty much. Are we I may have one or two that are expired. So, yeah. I want to thank our sponsor. Thank our sponsor, oh, yes. AudioEngineUSA.com. Of course, this podcast is brought to you from Cashfly Hosting. And if you want to sponsor this podcast or any other podcast related to Backbeat Media, you can contact the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Please send in your comments and questions to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. We, we, as you heard tonight, we appreciate both questions Audio. where you ask us questions and tips um, it, where, you know, you've got something to say that we can share yeah. with the listeners. Yeah. And audio comments are the best. Uh, of course, we do occasionally yes. do the, the, e, the, the email comment, but definitely appreciate yeah, the audio comment. Yeah, but Dave stumbles on the big words, so. That's right. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 206. Six 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 geek geek. That's right. Uh, our phone number. If you want to just talk to the machine, yeah, talk to us. Have a great week. We'll see you from Austin. Hey, if anybody's in Austin next week, let from me know. Austin, Austin. Yeah, let Boston. me know. We'll get a beer. <laughs> <laughs>